everybody. Welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. I hope everybody's doing well. We're going to start off news out of Maryland. Maryland, taking the lead maybe, possibly here. Uh, police are no longer investigating themselves after deadly shootings. So when a 26-year-old man pursued by police crashed his vehicle in Baltimore County and died, a detective from a new division in the Maryland Attorney's General Office, along with members of the state police crash team, was dispatched to the scene. Two days later, on October 11th, investigators from the Independent Investigators Division again head to Baltimore County this time after a county officer shot and killed a man who police said was wanted connection with the early morning robbery of 7-Eleven. The cases are the first test for the unit which along Maryland State Police, along with, now investigate all deadly use of force by police officers across the state. The change took effect October 1st and is part of a package of police reforms and General Assembly passed this year. The reception's generally been positive. Law enforcement agency recognizes the need for this legislation. Several attorneys who have represented relatives of people that um, have been shot by police said they are watching the units closely while the Hartford County Sheriff has raised concerns over whether the involvement of state investigators could hamper duty of his office to investigate possible crimes. Bullhauser declined to discuss her unit's response to its two cases so far, the first early on October 9th involving the Transportation Authority Police and the second involving Baltimore County Police. The creation of the unit is part of a broader legislative investigation following a Minnesota police officer of the George Floyd incident. Uh, these cases will be a test. What you're looking for is accountability that you weren't getting at a local level. This is 100% true on that. How are you going to investigate yourself on something like that? This just didn't make any sense. Okay. Fears that Lebanon is sliding back into a war to street violence in Beirut on Thursday. Lebanon remained gripped in crisis now and street violence is increasing Fears the country may be sliding to another civil war between the sectarian groups. So Thursday, violence erupted as people were gathering for a protest called by the Shiite Muslim Hezbollah against a judge investigating this year's Beirut port blast. was the worst over a decade. Stirred memories of the country's ruinous sectarian civil war from 1975 to 1990. A right-wing Christian party has been accused of instigating the violence. However, the head of the Christian Lebanese forces, LF, Denied that his, force, that his group has planned street violence in Beirut that killed seven people. He said a meeting held the day before was purely political. Mm-hmm. Samir Ganga told Voice of Lebanon International Radio that a meeting held on Wednesday by a political grouping that LF belongs to discussed action options should Iran-backed Hezbollah succeed in efforts to remove the judge. The powerful Hezbollah group stepped up accusation against LF on Friday, saying it killed seven Shiites try to drag the country into civil war. The violence, which erupted at a boundary between Christian and Shiite neighborhoods, had added to concerns over the stability of a country's awash with weapons and grappling one of the most world's uh, worst economic meltdowns. Okay. FIFA, Afghanistan, Doha, Qatar. It's all right. What's that? World football's governing body, FIFA, has said it facilitated the evacuation of about 100 football players and coaches from Afghanistan to the Qatari capital, Doha. FIFA held Qatar's role in coordinating the evacuation process and promised to continue to evacuate other sportsmen and sportswomen. FIFA can confirm following complex negotiations that it has in support of Qatar evacuated almost 100 members of the football family from Afghanistan, including female players. 
The body said it's been closely coordinated with the government of Qatar since August in the evacuation group and will continue to work closely with the safe evacuation of further members of the sporting family in the future. Meanwhile, Qatar's Deputy Family uh, Foreign Minister Lawal Al-Qatar said families of the players were also on board. Okay. News out of Asia. The first China-Laos express trains arise in Vietnam. The first passenger train set to travel along the newly completed China-Laos railway was delivered to its operator in the Lao capital Saturday. The electric multiple-unit EMU trains designed to build Chinese companies can run at speed of 160 kilometers per hour. They'll be operated by the Laos China Railway Company, a joint venture for the railway's construction and management in Vietnam. The trains are called Langkang as a tribute to the ancient name of Laos and the Langkang Mekong River, which flows through the two countries. The train's exterior is painted in red, blue, and white to represent the colors of the national flag of Laos. While the interior is adorned with patterns of Doc Champa, the national symbol of Laos. It looks like a pretty cool train. Uh, while handling the capacity of about 720 people, the train's carriages are equipped with snacks, beverage bar, facility for people with disability, and information services in China, Lao, and English. Supervised by the Chinese National Railroad Group, the train departed from Kunming, southwest China, Yunnan province. Chinese ambassadors to Laos, Jing Zhaodong, and Lao, Minister of Public Works, Transportation, uh, welcome the train's arrival at the Vientiane station on Saturday. I'm pretty sure that's a huge, huge step in relationship for those two countries. All right, so Van Gogh artwork that was looted by Nazis are, is auctioned in New York. A watercolor by Vincent Van Gogh that was seized by Nazis during World War II has been sold next month at auction in New York. It will be sold where it's expected to fetch about $20 million or more. Christie's auctioning the 1888 work Wheat Stacks after a facilitating negotiation between Texas oilman heirs who own it now and the heirs of two juice art collectors who owned it at different times before it was looted by the Nazis. Details of the settlement were confidential. A Christie spokesman said, well, that's good. Good. Wheat Stacks will be auctioned on November 11th with their artworks from the collection of Edwin L. Cox, a Texas oilman who died at the age of 99. The work displays three haystacks towering over harvest workers on a bright summer day. It was purchased in 1913 by the industrialist Max Smirowski, who fled Germany for Amsterdam in 1938. Smirowski entrusted Wheat Stacks to a Paris-based art dealer who sold it to Alexandrine de Rothschild, a member of the renowned Jewish banking family. Rothschild fled to Switzerland after onset of World War II, and our collection, including the Van Gogh watercolor, was confiscated by the Nazis during the occupation. It's unclear whether the artwork was between the end of war of 1970, but Cox bought it and the Williston Gallery in uh, New York in 1979. Oh. All right, finally, China launches its second crewed mission to build a space station. Xiquan, China. China... On Saturday, launch a rocket carrying three astronauts, one woman, to the core module of a future space station where they will live and work for six months, the longest dura- duration for orbit in, uh, for Chinese astronauts. A long march 2F rocket carrying the Shenzhou 13 spacecraft, which means divine vessel in Chinese, blasted off from Jiquan Satellite Launch Center in Northwest Providence and Gansu. China began construction of the space station in April with the launch of Tianhe. The first largest station, three modules slightly bigger than the, uh, the city bus. 
Tianhe will be the living quarters of the completed space station. Shenzhou 13 is the second of four crewed missions during the completed space station by end of 2022. During the first crewed mission that concluded September, three other astronauts stayed on Tianhe for 90 days. In the latest mission, astronauts will carry out tests of the key technology robotics that Tianhe needed for the assembled space station, verify onboard life support system, and conduct a host of scientific experiments. Everybody, thanks for listening to the Indiscriminate News Network. I hope everybody's doing well today. It's October 16th, and you'll hear from me soon. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Bye.